Bob Van Dam, listen to True Hill Heat. Pow. Hey guys, it's Thunder Rosa and welcome to True Hill Heat. Hello, hello, hello. It is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom SP3. We are live on the True Hill Heat YouTube and Facebook for our AEW Wrestle Dream preview. First ever edition AEW celebrating the one year anniversary of the passing of an NJPW founder and wrestling legend Antonio Inoki from Seattle, Washington this Sunday, October 1st. And if we're talking about an AEW pay-per-view, I had to call on my favorite person to talk and preview an AEW pay-per-view. And we're we're almost we're pretty close to completing the whole the whole infinity gauntlet of AEW pay-per-views, but they had to add one more, so I had to call mm-hmm. them in for an extra inning. It is the man you see over at Wrestle Paris, the late night grin. You see him all over the place. I even saw him in Chicago at AEW All Out. It is Joel Holbert. How you doing, sir? I'm tremendous. It's always a tough act to follow around here because you give me a big intro, but even before that, we have Rob Van Dam, we have Thunder Rosa. I mean, it's a little difficult, you know, but I'm going to try my best. Um, always happy to be here, as you know, and we have a good time talking through these shows. We're going to be doing these a lot more often, it seems like. So <laughs> it's a time of change, but that's exciting and interesting. So we have a lot to get into, mate. Yes, we're we're probably gonna have to do this twelve times in next year in twenty twenty four. Unless I'm not complaining. Going to a show, he's gonna go to another show again. I gotta be honest. I loved being at the show and I love meeting up with friends like yourself. But that flight has pretty much decided I will not be doing it much more. You know, that's a you know. I mean, you've done the but it's it's a lot. It's a lot, man. (laughs) Trust me, I understand. Doing a flight from London to New York, no, it's never easy. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) <laughs> but I appreciate you as always joining me here. And we appreciate everyone who's joining us live in the live chat or joining us live, just watching, doing us here. And if you're watching on demand, we appreciate you as well. Show that appreciation back in the simplest way possible. Drop the thumbs up on this video. Share this video with all your wrestling fans, friends, and family on all your favorite social media platforms. If you are new to the True Hill Heat YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button. Hit the bell to stay notified for all the great content here. We've been live every single day. I've been live on this channel every single day since last Thursday. This is eight days straight. It's a it's a warrior schedule right now, but we're gonna pull through for the end of AEW Wrestle Dream weekend as well as NXT No Mercy. So yeah, I'm gonna probably do like 15 days straight by the end of this because next weekend's WWE Fast Lane. So got to preview and review that as well. But thank you all for joining us and hit that subscribe button as we are trying to hit our goal for the end of the year of uh, 10,000 subscribers or just 500 subscribers away. So help us out if you haven't already. And of course, if you're with us live in the live chat, we'll try to highlight as many of your comments as possible. But if you're feeling generous, you want to give back to us here. We are a self-funded channel. So your super chat donations are also important. Any little bit matters. And we will highlight your comment on screen. Just like our one of our members of the channel, you could do that by hitting the join button. It's Negro Buck, Nick Jackson, Nigi. Nikki Boy saying, what's up, Joe and SP3? We got uh, Riceman, who, Riceman who says, the big men are back. We got Vala B who says, hey, SP3 and Joe, you get you get your own personal Joe chant. Look at that. 
It's pretty good. It could be for the photo behind me, to be fair. (laughs) It could be for the photo behind me. We never know. (laughs) We only see one Joe on screen, guys. We only see one Joe on screen. Uh, Christopher saying, we live, baby. Yes. Yes, indeed. And, of course, sound off in the live chat with your predictions. What do you think is going to happen at the Sunday show? And, as always, as we start off these previews, Joe, I want to ask you, what is your buzz level, your anticipation for this Sunday? show aew wrestle dream it's pretty damn high i gotta say i think on a one to ten i'm like an eight um there are some some holes right there are some flaws that we'll get into as we go through this show but this show is very friendly to my personal taste for an aew show like there's a lot of stuff here that i really am into um and i think i'm kind of bullish on the pay-per-view schedule increase anyway so i was kind of optimistic about this and i think there's already evidence it actually may help aew so I'm feeling good about it. Again, it's not without issues, which we'll cover, but it's high, man. I think it's been a positive month or so for, for AEW, which was needed because it was a pretty tumultuous summer, even with the great things they did along the way, right? It was a kind of rocky ride. So I'm pretty optimistic. I agree with you. I'm at like an eight and a half only because the, the main event is something I've wanted to, wanted to see for years. I'm a, I'm a techers fan. So this goes to my soul as far as the main event. And there's a bunch of cards where I feel like this overall feels like the best built AEW pay-per-view dare I say of 2023. I don't yeah, know. I think so. else feels that way, but I feel like that. It's been more direct, I think, you know, because when we go through it match by match, I think we'll realize it's not like it's been built, you know, in this kind of extraordinary, but it's just, it's been more compact, direct. They've got to the point rather than being kind of vague and drifting towards matches, they've made it clear this is what we're doing. And I think it's benefited from that, even with the more um, like, you know, brief builds, I think we've benefited from that. So I agree with you, actually. Absolutely. So let's get into this card here. And we'll start off with a title match for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships. This was originally supposed to be better than you, Bebe, defending the titles against the Righteous Vincent and Dutch, who won a number one contenders match at AEW Rampage Grand Slam over the Hardys, Best Friends, and the Kingdom. But... We unfortunately heard the news that at the end of Grand Slam, when Adam Cole rushed down to the ring to be by MJF's side and jumped off the ramp, he blew out his ankle, broke it in three different places, so he will require surgery. They were on the verge of relinquishing the titles, but MJF, the consummate babyface, the face of the company, said that he will not let his best friend down. He knows how much these Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles mean to him, so he will fight the righteous alone in a handicap match and he will try to hold on to these titles for when adam cole returns what did you think about the promo to set this up as a handicap match on wednesday and who do you think walks out with the gold on sunday well this is a, an interesting place to start right for a range of reasons it's kind of it's a two straight pay-per-views where max has been in you know you could only describe as undercard tag matches this one of course now as you said is a handicap um I was surprised they didn't have they didn't do a deal where Cole convinced Roddy to team with Max. I kind of I, thought that's what they were gonna do. Um, I thought that I thought that was where he was leading with the promo yeah, when Roddy came out. Like he's your boy. So I thought he was gonna say, so he could be my boy too and replace you at Wrestle Dream, but he didn't go that way. Right? right. And I think that is a clue as to where we're going here. So the Righteous, I'm not like, you know, I'm I'm not enthralled. <laughs> 
by the righteous generally thus far. But my actual, my genuine opinion on it is I think the tag division has a lot of acts that have been the same thing for a while and a kind of stale. And I appreciate they're trying to start something new with the righteous, even if it's not my first choice, you know, it's a big spot for them. My, my read on this is I think the righteous are going to be, you know, pretty much dominating this match. There may be some shenanigans, and I think the four masked men, minus the devil, right, the four guys that are actually I think will appear and help Max win this match, therefore suggesting to the audience the devil must have been MJF, right? And then MJF complete his innocence, and it probably isn't MJF, but that's the point of them helping him, right? It makes it seem like Max is the devil after all. So I think that's why it's not Roddy, because I think they're going to do something with the, the masked fellas we saw on, on Wednesday. As for the match, I don't think anyone's expecting a Matt Classic here. It's a handicap match against the Righteous. Like, it is what it is. The crowd will love it. MJF, everything he does is over. So, um, more interesting from an angle perspective, I think. And that's that's my personal read. I think MJF over with a suspicious assistance from these uh, mystery men. We'll see. I 100% agree with you. I think that the mystery ran will help them out, but it will it will be a twofold reasoning of of to further the kind of the speculation that the devil is MJF, but the real reasoning is they want to protect the Ring of Honor World Tag Team exactly. titles for the kingdom. It's this right? The kingdom need to win the ROH World Tag Team titles. And the reason that they jumped Jay White is a twofold reason as well. One is because he concussed Adam Cole. And two is because he's in the way of Adam Cole eventually winning this AEW World Championship from MJF. Because what we have seen over the last couple of months is that this this whole what Jay White said is kind of true. He says this friendship is making him soft. It's not making him soft, but it's definitely weakening him. He's wrestling more, wrestling twice in one night, got an injured neck because of Adam Cole because of Adam Cole. Now Adam Cole is out because of him. So yeah, I think that the story is gonna be more fleshed out where where the masked men do help out here. So I agree. Yeah. It feels like they the fact they shot the angle on the go home. Feel, it tells me they're probably going to have a presence on Sunday. Like, I don't think we're going to get a reveal by any means. That'd be too soon. But if you do it on the go, Hammond, it would suggest that, you know, there's a reason you had to establish it before the pay-per-view, right? So yeah. this will be interesting from a booking point of view, definitely. And I do like that they're doing this more yeah. often because this is twice now that they are starting like a big angle or storyline before the next pay-per-view because Adam Cole and MJF started before Forbidden Door, but they weren't even going to have their matchup until right. All In. And now this Jay White and MJF, they kind of seem like they're going towards full gear and it starts right before WrestleDream. Yeah, and I'm I'm kind of for AEW experimenting with stories like this anyway. This is they've they've kind of flirted with these ideas before, but they always do them very kind of half-heartedly. Like they let fans just guess and then go, "Here's who it is," so, you know. Um, I I think it's clear Tony is trying to, or Tony and his team are trying to like expand their playbook in terms of TV booking, which is necessary because there's only so many times you can interrupt someone to get a rampage match, you know. So we I think it's a it's a very fascinating time in that regard. Absolutely. We got uh, Nikki Boy agreeing with you, Joe, in the chat here. Uh, I do love the Righteous theme song. I see a couple of people mentioning the Righteous theme song. It's a it's a, it's a finger snapper. You gotta love it. You gotta love it. Uh, we, <laughs> we got Christopher who says, our scumbag has a devil on his shoulder helping him win. All of this is for Cole and his friends to win all of the gold. Yes, I call it, I call it the Undisputed Kingdom. I think because there's five uh -huh. guys. 
it's Roddy with the with the with the neck brace, the guy they zoomed in on. I've seen pictures online. It's the kingdom, it's Adam Cole as the devil, and it's Kyle O'Reilly. I think the return of Kyle O'Reilly because yeah. they've been very quiet as far as when Kyle O'Reilly is coming back. So I think the fifth guy will be Kyle O'Reilly. I tend to agree, especially when we're looking at now, what has it been like 15 months? Yes. So yeah, I, I tend to agree. That was an interesting element the fact there were four other guys as well as the devil and it, you can only go in i know it's gonna be bobby fish so oh, i love it tell me where's <laughs> the lie <laughs> i'm i'm in it could be fun. my main thing of wrestling is would it be funny yes in give it to me you know so who would we'll add to the hilarity that is roderick strong's new character bobby fish yes bobby oh fish. god yeah bobby fish and Colorado. like those yeah. two adding to this whole roddy act oh my god Every time Roddy complains, he just yells, where's the lie? <laughs> the people... <laughs> Adam, where's the lie? <laughs> oh, we got Christopher saying, uh, give the viewers a reason to tune in next week besides just post-pay-per-view excitement. Yeah, they, they need to make this kind of like an episodic type of thing where they're yeah. pulling back the layers of this story. And the scumbag having a, a devil on his shoulder, he now has two devils. Because what Jay White explained is that he's been the devil on MJ on the devil's shoulder all this time. He's been the catalyst of everything that's happened to MJF over the last couple of months. Absolutely. I'm very intrigued how they present Jay White moving forward after he was attacked and would, you know, like he's not a baby face, obviously, but that's a unique spot to put a heel, right? So how he responds to that, I think will be very interesting to look at on TV. Yeah. And honestly, when, when, before he was put up against opposite MJF, he was getting a lot of cheers. Yeah. He was getting a lot of cheers and even, even his entrance on Wednesday got a big pop, but let's, Continue on with the rest of the matches here. Another uh, another multi-person matchup here as we have a four-way tag team matchup with the winner getting an AEW World Tag Team title match any time of their choosing. We got the Young Bucks. We got the Guns. We got Orange Cassidy and Hook and Lucha Bros, three former AEW World Tag Team champions, and then the third team, kind of a mismatch team, but a former AEW International champion and the current FTW champion. So champions galore in this one. This should be a whole bunch of fun. It should be chaos. Who do you got winning, Joe? I got the Bucks. Um, I think the Bucks are going to win and call their shot for, for the forum. Right in in LA, so that's that's my my read on it. I wouldn't be surprised if they surprise if they went elsewhere with this because there's there's a bit of time until full gear, right? You've got like yeah. you got like five or six weeks, so they could absolutely have the guns or even hook an orange win and do a TV match, um, and then do the Bucks thing. But I think the Bucks will win, and this will be a party match, right? Like I think we both know exactly what this match is going to look like already, so. <laughs> It will get over huge and it will be a fun addition to the pay-per-view in between more important, you know, and extended matches. So it's a, it's a nice undercard kind of party match. Yeah, I agree with you 100% on everything. I think that the Bucks win this one to call their shot for full gear in Los Angeles at the forum against the against FTR. So we can go into a new year with them 2-2 and requiring another rubber matchup. Um, <laughs> so I, th I think that's the direction that they go. And it, it is about time that the Bucks get the tag team titles back, in my opinion. I feel yeah. like the... The, the tag team titles have been held by this latest reign of FTR, but 
having the Bucks as a follow-up is the way to keep it going and keep up the momentum from where we were before, like, double or nothing. You remember our conversation about the tag team division before double or nothing, Joe? Yeah, it's a, it I seems do. like so long ago now. I do, yeah. The collision collision coming around really helped FTR's reign. They were kind of struggling before that. They didn't have much rhythm at all. Uh, and then collision, they got rolling. I think they've had a really good reign in the end. I think my only concern with the Bucks is I do think they're much more compelling as heels. And them winning in LA would suggest to me they're going to win, like a babyface win, which is fine. But I just think they're much better characters as heels. You know, like that run they had in 2021, like, good, that was one of the great tag team runs I've ever seen. And uh, so that's one, like, slight concern. But ultimately, I, I agree with you. And if you're on the box, about three matches, but they haven't had, like, a good feud yet. <laughs> so no, <laughs> we're still no. working on it, you know? <laughs> I want them to have a concentrated build to full gear as well. That would be very nice. I I suspect FTR is probably going to have another title match on TV before the pay-per-view, but kind of give them like three, four weeks to kind of build anticipation and have an actual feud that we were let down by in 2020. Didn't really get it in 2022 before the matchup on Dynamite. It didn't really get it before All In either, so. Yeah, it's it's a really strange dynamic, right? Like it's kind of they don't seem to know, they don't seem to be able to figure out how to translate their online fans beef, the tribalism between to actual wrestling programming. <laughs> they don't seem to be able to do it. Like the first instinct is to like yell about Meltzer, and that's not good TV, believe it or not. So um, yeah, they got a ways to go with that, but hopefully with <laughs> with more practice, <laughs> the fourth try of it, they may crack it after all. <laughs> Just give them an in-ring promo where they can go back and forth. I don't think they've done that yeah. yet. So that's another point of Maybe. contention there. Uh, mm-hmm. We got Negro Buck here saying it's nice to finally see Hook on the main card for a pay-per-view. That is that is different. I mean, I can go for days talking about the piss-poor booking of Orange Cassidy since All Out. I, like, mm-hmm. I did not think they can blow this as fast as they did, but they did. I'd rather have Orange Cassidy not on TV than get into a random tag team with Hook, and then he's thrown in this match to just get him on a pay-per-view. This seems like a waste of everything you did with the international title reign and the main event of All Out. I honestly would have just taken him off for a month, and then... Same. Because... The story you were telling, it does make sense to, like, cycle him away for a little bit, because the whole story was he was beat up and tired. But you could also, if you took him off for a month, people would have had the chance to miss him. And then he could have come out and got a huge... Rather than just kind of like putting him on the bench almost, or on the side, I think you'd be better off just taking him off completely. And then when you put him back in, it's a big feud. You know, it's a main event feud. But they do it a lot, right? They They constantly rotate in a way that's kind of frustrating sometimes. Very, very. And when it comes to Orange Cassidy, I can explain yeah. to you how frustrating that is to watch. Uh, Negro Buck saying, I could totally see the guns winning, though, and I wouldn't mind it. I, I, I also can see the guns. That's the only other team yeah. that I could see winning this one. But it, it already feels like the guns should already had a title match because they right. beat FDR in the eight man at all out. Yeah, Kevin Kelly basically like started announcing that on TV. Do you remember when Kevin Kelly just for two weeks went rogue and was talking about the guns using FTR every week? It's, like, what? it's not happening, Kevin. You're making it up. He's used to doing that. Anyway, carry on. 
Oh, and Rekan says uh, there's at least two teams that don't need to be there. Easily could have been uh, two on two between Bucks and Orange Hook. I don't agree with that because I feel like the thing that makes this match interesting is the fact that one of the greatest rivalries in AEW history, the Bucks and Lucha Bros are in this matchup. And also the Guns are in this matchup because they do have that win over FTR in the eight-man tag. So the only team that doesn't make sense to be in this matchup is really Orange Cassidy and Hook when you really think about yeah, it. Yeah, because they don't really they don't really make sense as a team to begin with, I guess, right? Is the yeah. Here's an interesting. The way they do number one contendership in general is kind of insane to me. The way that it's like it's every single time it's a different approach, but it's a party match. It'll be fun, I'm sure. Indeed, uh, we got we got Frantic World kind of saying the same thing. I can see the guns or F or uh, the Bucks getting the win, and oh uh, yeah, we got uh, Negro Bucks saying yeah, it's really lazy. SB three, I one hundred percent. 100%, 100% right, Joe, as well. Next up, we agree there, but let's see if we agree on this one. Another match that just got added to the card on Dynamite. It's going to be Ricky Starks going one-on-one -on -one with Will Ayuda. This is coming off the heels of Ricky Starks' fantastic Texas death match against Brian Danielson, where he came up short, but after the match, shook hands and embraced uh, Brian Danielson. Will Ayuda tried to stop Ricky from getting to Brian and wanted to apologize, but Ricky kind of blew him. Him off, which led to some fire from Willie Yuta and a challenge for Russell Dream. He said that Brian was able to beat him down and keep him down for 10 seconds, but every day he gets beat up by Brian and the rest of the BCC and gets up. So we're going to see who's the better man between these two. What do you got here, Joe? I got Ricky and I really like this match being booked. I think this is like a, a, a type of match that AEW doesn't do enough on pay-per-view where this is clearly a mid-card match that they're going to get 10 minutes in the middle, in between bigger matches, but it gives Ricky a win on pay-per-view. And it, it avoids the thing that we were just talking about, where Ricky gets cycled off immediately after getting some momentum. And, like, it's one of those deals where, do I think it's going to be a great match? No, because it's not going to be intended to be one. It's not going to be positioned that way. But there is, I, you know, we were at the show in uh, in Chicago, and we both, like, we didn't get a chance to talk about this because we met on, did we meet Collision? When did we no, meet? no, no. We met at we All Out. Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah. We it was in the middle of the show, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because one thing I was saying about that show afterwards was that show had like actual, they had actual mid-card matches and it helped the show because it paced better. Not everything can be the biggest match in the history of wrestling, you know? You need, And so I think this adds that and you achieve Ricky getting a win. You as promo, to your point, was really the best promo he's cut on TV, I think by a distance. He... he Felt like he'd grown up almost right like he yeah. had a little more edge to it so there's a lot to like here i think it'll be a good match and it'll probably settle in that range but i like the booking like the idea to do this a lot i think it adds to the show and it helps ricky too yeah, I agree with you. I think Ricky Starks gets the victory, and I think this is further alonging what is going to be kind of overall the Ricky Starks versus Blackpool Combat Club feud. Like, he took Brian to the limit in a strap match, in a Texas death match, but he also pinned Brian in tag team action. Yeah. Here he has the opportunity to beat Willie Yuta. What I think is next is maybe a matchup or maybe even a small program on TV with Claudio before Moxley returns. Hopefully... 
we could get, I think that the whole direction they were going was Ricky Starks versus John Moxley for the international championship. So I would love for Ricky to get in somewhere and beat Phoenix for that international title yeah. and be the champion going into that program. But they have a lot of directions. They have, I'm more optimistic about Ricky Starks uh, trajectory after the last couple of months than I was six months ago. Yeah, definitely. He feels as close as he's ever been to like cementing himself as a, as a real player. Uh, very talented guy, but a lot of stop-start previously. He's had a real go of it here, and I think he's done a good job with it. Um, it's going to be interesting where they settle on him, whether he's a babyface or a heel. Because he seems to enjoy being the heel more and cuts better promos as a heel, but we have to be honest in saying the crowd, would they seem very ready to cheer him and have for around two years now. And he needs to figure out his biggest challenge, and I say this as a big fan of Ricky, but his biggest challenge is being the character he is as a heel as a babyface making that work. That's always the biggest thing, right? Because his promos as a babyface were not nearly as, to me, impressive as they are as a heel. So that's a big thing for him, a kind of a hurdle from overcome, but very talented guy. And he's had a good collision helped him a lot, right, Ricky? So yeah. I'm optimistic too. 100% agree. I think he should be like the top two, top three guy on collision moving forward. Frantic World saying Ricky Starks for the win. I will say it again. Put Ricky in Ricky Starks in BCC. I totally disagree with that. I don't think Ricky Stark needs to be in a group anymore. Yeah. He had his period in Team Taz. That's it for groups for him. Unless he's the yeah. leader. Yeah, I tend to agree. I like Ricky. I mean, he obviously has the Big Bill thing, but Big Bill is just like he's heater, so it's like he feels like his own man. I, I, I tend to agree. Um, it was an interesting idea, though. That caught me off guard when Brian started going in that direction. I was like, whoa, that, I did not see that coming. So I do wonder if that will come back up at some point. We shall see. Uh, I, I I feel like Ricky Starks and uh, Big Bill uh, Big Bill give me Christian and Tyson Tomko vibes. That's like what it. they Christian Thompson Tyco Thompson Tyco uh Tomko from 2005 WWE. Yeah. That was it. <laughs> Negro Bug saying uh Ricky doesn't fit in BCC at all. That's the other thing. Like, like someone like Konosuke Takesta, I made that make sense to me. That made sense to me when they was talking about that, him joining up, but I feel like they found the better role with him, kind of having Don Callis as his manager. But like with Ricky, I don't even see it at all. Yeah, I also am not, I'm not like totally convinced as to how long the Blackpool Combat Club will be like a real thing on TV because it's a very difficult thing to book. And in so sometimes I do watch the TV shows and think like it weirdly undercuts the individual star power of the guys in Australia. Like I think Moxley has kind of left this whole thing feeling like less of a star than the end of it, which is just the way wrestling works sometimes, you know? Like, I mean, it's not an indication of his talent or the act. It's a great act. But it has been challenging, I think, for AEW to book. I think that's been pretty clear. So we'll yeah. see in terms of BCC in general, I think. Yeah, I think they, they kind of overshot their their heel run because they yeah. put them against the biggest baby faces they could face. So it was nowhere else to go for them as heels. So that's why they're baby faces yep. again. Because yeah. they, literally, it, they literally did the biggest rivalry they could with them as heels. So there was no reason to, to keep them as heels. Right, and the turn back was weird because Dragon's turn was just he returned. Moxley, he didn't really turn so much as he was like a babyface on collision. <laughs> yes, he helped Brian. Yeah. That was how he turned back. To right, and Claudio's turn, I guess, was that he shook Eddie's hand, but like, yeah, he's still a dick, you know. Like, <laughs> I mean, with love, you know, I'm talking about the character here, folks. <laughs> seems like a seems like a gentleman, but 
you know, it's just it's a bit of a weird dynamic right now. So I think they need to figure out some of those pieces too before they start adding, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I love it. And yeah, yeah, that's another one that we thought was going to join BCC and Raka saying uh, Daniel Garcia is the pick. If you want to add someone, give Danielson a large adult son and rejuvenate Danny. That would be great. That would be great, yeah. but I would uh, yeah. like to see Garcia do anything at this point would be fun, right? <laughs> you know, like, dude, let him do something, please. Yeah. And no, and no, Valabi, the answer is not leave Danny to be on his own because, as you see, they don't really use Danny if he's on no. his own. It's a shame. <laughs> uh, let's go next to the next matchup, which I think I would go as far to say this is the best built women's match they've ever had on pay per view, or at least in the last like year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on pay-per-view we got here chris statlander defending the tbs championship against julia hart chris statlander has had a hell of a one run since winning the championship at double or nothing from jade cargo on her return in just a few seconds she's gotten her win back and beat jade cargo again on rampage in a great match jade's best match of her career then followed that up by main eventing collision back-to-back nice main eventing rampage and collision beating Dr. Bitbreaker DMD to retain the TVS championship. She's beaten Ruby Soho. She's beaten Anna Jay. She's beaten Nyla Rose. But no one seems to be the threat of Julia Hart, who in just a matter of weeks has become a unstoppable force of the women's division with victories over Willow Nightingale, Kira Hogan, and Sky Blue, and Brody King by her side, where if you see Julia Hart, Five foot nothing blonde little girl next to big monster Brody King. You would think Julia's the handler and Brody is the monster. But how they book this is Brody is the handler and Julia's the monster tearing through everybody. And Brody is warning everybody she's the real monster. I love it. I love it, and it has not only been a big thing for me, apparently the fans are answering to it on a Collision episode that did its highest rating since July that had Brian Danielson and Ricky Starks in a Texas death match in the main event, had FTR in a tag team title match, had Jay White and Andrade Elidio in a matchup, and Julia Hart versus Kira Hogan was the highest quarter hour of that show. She is a draw in the ratings, it seems. She's getting over with the audience. The entrance is one of the coolest in wrestling. Is it time for Julia Hart to be crowned, or do you continue the good reign of Chris Statlander? This feels like the toughest choice for mm-hmm. Tony Khan on this whole card for me. I feel like this is the this is the biggest unpredictable kind of like toss-up of any match on this card. Yeah, I think you might be right. I I think you stick with Chris Statlander. But the fact that we are debating this sincerely and are unsure says a lot about how far Julia Hart has come. If you told me a month ago that we'd be doing this preview show and I'd be like, hmm, maybe Julia should win. Like, I would have been pretty pretty stunned. I'd be asking what substances I was on. But I'm on no substances and I'm thinking this way. So it's very, um, it's really quite impressive what she's done with this character. This is a very hard character to pull off. And as you said, it's getting over. I mean, she had a louder chance than Willow on Wednesday, and Willow is beloved. So I think it's fair to say if she won, I don't think any of us could really complain, which is wild. She's 21, and she's had how many matches of note? I still think I lean Chris because I think she's having a great reign, and she really looks like she's in a great rhythm here. Um, 
in that sense, it's a real, you know, it's a good spot for Julia. And if you're going to have a big match like this as a young wrestler, Chris seems like the perfect opponent right now, right? You mentioned like she had Jade's best match. She had a match with Brit better than anything Brit's done in a while. So I think Chris wins, but it says a lot about Julia Hart that I think there is a real debate to be had considering how new she is to this kind of this kind of scene. So very interesting. I really hope the match goes well. I think it might. And I think they they did a good job of building up both women in the build up yeah. to this match uh, to this matchup here with the two great title defenses for Chris Statlander and then spending the last two weeks really building up Julia Hart and emphasizing this whole winning streak this winning streak that started after she lost to Chris Statlander on an episode of AEW Dark Elevation. So this is long-term storytelling, ladies and gentlemen. I love I love when AEW is able to do that and they did that here. So I'm going to I'm going to you know, you know what? I'm going to go for it. Julia oh. Hart, new TBS champion. You go with the hot hand. What Tony Khan has always said is his big obstacle with big with booking the women is that it doesn't draw. She has drawn. So you go with the hot hand. Go with the hot hand. Go with Julia. Let Chris chase. Or I would I would honestly after this good run where she done it in like three months with the TBS title, I would put move Chris up to the championship scene. Yeah, yeah, you could absolutely. Yeah, I, I can't. It's genuinely amazing that we're doing this conversation. I think you could, if she wins, you kind of have to say fair. That's fair enough. You know, she's she's getting over big, and their biggest challenge. We talked about Ricky earlier. Their biggest challenge is going to be keeping her as a people. She's a baby face, man. Julia's like she is a cool factor. It's really, it's kind of amazing how this has all panned out. So credit to her, absolutely. Yo, I, I saw a post on Twitter. I gotta echo it here. Should 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 Tony have a serious conversation with Malachi and Brody and be like, hey, what do you guys want? Do you guys want to do like a singles run here? There's plenty of people for you to work with. Or do you guys just want to go and be with your your significant others? Because he's got an act with this House of Black that works. This is the most over the House of Black has felt with just Julia and Brody more than with yeah. all of the guys there. I would recommend a lot of serious conversations with Malachi Black at this point. Um I don't know, buddy. I mean, he, you know, he seemed at one point to be on board, but at this point, I think he's just kind of, well, I'll do whatever, whatever was going on. Um, he's like, I, don't I know, really man. want to join the Judgment Day, honestly. I'm like, I totally get the precedent of letting guys out of their contract and why it's bad or whatever. But if if you've got Malachi Black on a seven year, whatever the eighteen year contract, wherever he signed, and he's wrestling one singles match every decade, it's like. It might be worth just saying, yeah, all right, man, you can go, you know? <laughs> yes. I, I do think wrestling was a certain way in the U.S. for so long that people have lost sight of it can be kind of normal to just let wrestlers go back and forth. It's not the end of the world, you know? Malachi Black's very talented, but, you know, I mean, he's not doing anything on the TV show, so what's the what's the point at some juncture, right? But, yeah, I mean, to, so what you're asking, it certainly helps that they've now got two pieces of this act that are like, kind of rolling in their own weird dynamic. So, yeah, time will tell. I mean, we'll see if they bring them back as a trio again. It'll be interesting. People have to think about it this way. 
yeah, Cody came to came back to WWE, got this big push, gets the main event, WrestleMania, gets to win the Royal Rumble. He's their top baby face. A lot of that comes down to how AEW was able to present him as the top baby face yeah. in 2019 and always kept him in top programs throughout his entire run, despite how the fans, you know, viewed him. Jade Cargill, they had her in the in the PC years ago and had her try out and did not pick yeah. her up. And then she comes to AEW, gets the undefeated streak, trains with Brian Danielson, uh, TBS championship. They created a whole damn title for her undefeated streak, all this stuff. And now she gets the red carpet to WWE with the ESPN covering everything. Honestly, though, if Tony let go Malachi Black, is Malachi Black going to get that same treatment? No, because AEW did not book him book him the same way they booked Cody right. and Jade. So I don't think he's going to get a top spot back at WWE if you let him go and go back. So it's really not that bad if you let him go. Yeah, I mean, the truth is, even if he got a big spot, as talented as he is, it's not like he's going to move ratings. or It's not like it's going to be this sort of, you know, (laughs) catastrophic. It's one of those deals where I think people forget that once upon a time, the guys who stayed in one promotion were the outliers. And now it's become the opposite where everyone sticks around forever in one place. We're how far away from like the Miz having a 25 year anniversary? I mean, it's, it's outrageous now, you know. It's like <laughs> he probably is genuinely almost at 20 years, which is incredible. I was, is. I was doing a bit, he I started at the- in 2005. We're two <laughs> yeah, years he's, away, it's almost there. So, he's and I just use an example, but yeah, I think there's a good chance that if Malachi went back, he'd be rejuvenated, and that's good for us as wrestling fans. But yeah. obviously, again, precedent, I get it on some level, but um, either way. To back to your core point, I'm sorry for hijacking the program. There no, was the Monday Night Wars round, but um, either way, they got sent with Julia and Brody, and that's that's what they should be focusing on right now for sure. One hundred percent agreed there, and someone else we usually agree on is the new Ring of Honor World Champion and the current NJPW Strong Openweight Champion Eddie Kingston, who made history becoming double champion at Grand Slam, and now he wants to repeat that history and defend both of his titles against the Ring of Honor Pure Champion Kasasori Shibata. This is a match that probably Eddie Kingston has dreamt of for years on a show dedicated to a legend of New Japan Pro Wrestling. He faces another legend of new japan pro wrestling who walks out with the njpw strong openweight championship and ring of honor world title how do you think this match pans out i've definitely got eddie to win this is a fascinating match in that it both makes lots of sense but also kind of makes you double think like hmm, this is a, it's a it's a weird one right like like when it appeared on my because i was i didn't watch the show it was announced on until after when i saw the graphic i was like that both works but also seems kind of kind of jarring um just because of the way that shibata wrestles now right obviously he's in a different point of his career say the least so i'm intrigued as to what they come up with in terms of the middle ground between their styles in 2023 now they're both super smart in terms of their pro wrestling psychology so i think they'll, they'll figure it out and the crowd will love it um this may I think this is going to go like 12 to 15. And it, this is probably going to rock, to be honest, especially if it's early in the show. Because this is one of those matches the live crowd may kind of transform. You know, this is going to have a real vibe to it. So uh, I'm excited for this. Happy for Eddie as always. Always good to see Shibata on a big stage. I think the result is pretty... I think Eddie's winning this one. I'm pretty confident of that. I don't, as funny as it would be for Shibata to be triple crown champion, 
I think he's cool just doing the pure title thing for now. So I got Eddie for sure. Yeah, if they really want to add some doubt to this matchup, they would have added the pure title to this yes. one. But yes. uh, I think because it's Eddie's titles only on the line, I'm going to agree with you. I think Eddie Kingston gets the win. And as someone, I was there live last year at All Out for Eddie Kingston versus Tomorio Ishii. Got to see Eddie Kingston in the G1 with the classics against Ishii, against Shingo Takagi. I think that is going to be more akin to what we see on Sunday with him and Kasasuri Shibata. I expect Eddie to get down in his cross-leg sitting position and trade some slaps with the, with the, with the wrestler it's gonna be a lot of fun but yeah eddie kingston gets the win bunch of people uh talking about a couple of things we've been talking about here we got adrian who says trade malachi for aj styles i like that trade i'll be on trades yeah imagine the money we'd make with trades and wrestling Dude. we would just do a weekly show just just talking just talking trades trade machine you know just running names through seeing if it works like, it's, if we really think about it in our brain, I think we can work out how these trades have worked already in the in the yeah. time span of AEW. Like, like I think, like, in my mind, it's uh, Punk, Brian, and Cole for Cody. And now we got a situation where it's looking like Jade for Edge and Mercedes. I think it's Jade for Mercedes, but I think the guy that you just mentioned from Chicago may be the guy that's being traded for Edge. Yeah, that, which that's is like that's wild. like the James James Harden or Russell Westbrook being a part of your trade from three years ago. Like you don't have that guy anymore. <laughs> it's like I was looking at this the other day. You know, Edge. I think is I think going to come into to AEW, and I think he's going to like kind of fill the CM Punk role, which is hilarious. Like he's going to do like trios matches for FTR and stuff. And I'm kind of convinced oh that the my other God. way. He, you I know he's gonna do that. Rain yeah. FTR. One hundred percent. And I also think there's a real chance that in the opposite direction, Punk takes the part-time schedule up there, and we that's gonna be a riot. Let me tell you. So that may be the funniest trade in wrestling history if that comes to fruition. Fifty-year-old um, Edge for forty-five-year-old CM Punk. This Punk, is the game Punk I love, brother. Having a year-long storyline with Judgment Day. Oh my god. You know what though? The Dominic Mysterio thing could be great just for the crowd. Can you imagine the crowd for that deal? We'll Do it see. in Chicago. Maybe. Do it in Chicago. Come yeah, on. maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, we got Follow B saying loaning talent too. Oh uh, well, we already see that with AEW. AEW has yeah. basically created the whole loaning of talent is already a thing. We're talking about full-on trades. And actual mm -hmm. trades, now how WWE thinks you could trade people because Jey Uso got traded to uh, traded from SmackDown to Raw and SmackDown still don't know who they got in return. That's not how trades work. It's, yeah. Remember when they did the one where it was draft considerations? <laughs> Remember that one? Um, I just imagining like Dave logging on at 1 a.m. tweeting, breaking, trade agreed. <laughs> and now immediately everyone goes live. Oh, shit. Dave's no, it scoop. would be Sean and Dave. Sean yeah. and Dave would be Woj's shams. It 100%. It would be yes. so great. Oh, my God. Oh, I love it. We need <laughs> to do a mock. A mock of them. <laughs> we, we did one time we did a, we did a show on the late night grin. We had like a team WWE and a team AEW. And of course, it being the late night grin, one team came very prepared with a notepad and the other one just kind of <laughs> just threw their hands up. Oh, fuck it. We'll take them. Yeah. <laughs> so it didn't pan out. But yeah, there's there's money to be made here. Money to be made.
there is. We need those trades, y'all. We need the good trades. Uh, we got Chris Brewery saying uh, contracts and money involved for sure with these trades, yeah. NBA level. Yes, absolutely. You, yeah, you'd have yeah. the plot line of like the expiring contracts too. Sheamus has got like six months left on his deal. His value's down, man. We got to flip him for the guns. But anyway, we're back at <laughs> That would be even live. That would be the discourse. I love it. Uh, EW World Tag Team Titles will be up for grabs on Sunday. FTR will defend against Aussie Open. One year to the date from their all-time classic at Royal Quest 2 in London, England on October 1st, 2022. They will run it back. In AEW here, Aussie Open cut an excellent promo on Collision saying that they haven't been themselves the last couple of months, but they will prove that they are one of the best tag teams in the world this Sunday. While FTR says they want the baddest version of Aussie Open that they haven't seen as of late because we haven't. Aussie mm-hmm. Open lost the Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles to better than you, Bebe, at All In. And then... In one of the stupid, I, I, I'm I'm pretty sure this is like top three stupidest booking decisions of Tony Khan's 2023 is weeks before you put Aussie Open in a tag team title match at a pay-per-view, they lost to the sex gods, Chris Jericho mm-hmm. and Sammy Guevara, mere weeks before they broke up. Tell me where that's supposed to make sense, Tony. But here we are, FTR, Aussie Open 2, who you got? I've got FTR, but this is a huge match for Aussie Open for the reason you just talked about. Like, fair or unfair, they've kind of been put in a corner here by the booking, and the angle leading to the match is actively, you guys need to be good in this match, right? Which is purely because they've been booked a certain way. But that's just the way it's gone, and this, I was there, I was lucky enough to be there for their first match, one of the best wrestling matches I've ever seen live. And we all know what the ceiling on this match is. They're not going to get as much time here. They had like 35 minutes that night. They're probably going to get 20, I think. Um, this, the ceiling on this is like the match of the night, right? This could be spectacular. I, the only concern I have is I just hope the AEW audience or the folks in attendance on Sunday anyway see this as a big deal. Because for all the reasons you just laid out, they could very fairly see this is not a big deal because Aussie Open have not been treated as one, you know? That's a slight concern I have, especially if they do a long heat segment or they take their time and work an epic. But ultimately, there's a lot of talent here. Mark Davis and Dak's going to chop each other at some point. This is going to be great. I think FTR win. Aussie Open will get those belts eventually. But this isn't about winning to me for Aussie Open. This is about making a statement and reminding the people of what we just talked about, which is that they belong on this level. So big time match. I'm excited. Yeah, this is a huge opportunity for Aussie Open, the biggest opportunity they've gotten yet as far as getting a headline type uh, matchup with one of the best tag teams in the world with the AEW World Tag Team titles up for grabs. And they're versing their best opponents that they could possibly yeah. verse a team that they had an all-time classic with in the main event of NJPW World Quest uh, 2. If you haven't watched that, you weren't there live like Joel Horbert. It's over at New Japan 
Pro Wrestling's YouTube channel for free. So you can check it out before this Sunday. And I do agree with you. Like the bar on this is five stars. This could yeah. be one of the best tag team matches in AEW history. But it's all about Aussie Open stepping into it. And I think they can. I would say the first quarter of this year, they were my tag team yeah. of the year. Before Mark Davis goes down, they were the tag team of the year, but they need to show that here. They need to show what they did against Bishamon earlier this year, what they showed against the Young Bucks on Rampage, and what they showed against FTR last year. They got to show it here. But in the end, yes, I agree. FTR gets the win because got to run back FTR Bucks 4 yep. at full gear. Yeah, that, that feels like the destination, I would agree. And, and I think we both, again, Aussie Open will get those belts, right, if things yeah. trend the way we expect. But this is about kind of getting back where they where they entered, honestly, as a truly top team. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Uh, we got Vala B saying, I'm going with Aussie Open. Crown's up. Mm-hmm. Turn on for the upset. That's fair. That's fair. That would be the quickest way to get them back to where <laughs> they were. Uh, yeah. Christopher... <laughs> Saying uh, this, uh, this is going to be a masterclass. I want Don Callis family to recruit Aussie Open after this and start the redemption story for them in the tag team division. I would love that. That makes a whole bunch of sense with Osprey and Don Callis family for them to recruit Aussie Open. Yeah. And if they don't feel confident Aussie Open cutting their promos all the time, let that heat magnet Don Callis do it. Yeah, I think that probably will kind of just organically be the way it's presented especially if osprey comes over full time quote unquote so yeah i would expect that honestly and speaking of the don Callis family they will be in action at wrestle dream in full force as sammy guevara konosuke takesta and the iwgp united kingdom united states heavyweight champion will osprey will all team up in a trios matchup against the main rivals of the Don Callis family, Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, and Kota Ibushi. Of course, it was Don Callis that betrayed Omega and then went on to recruit Konosuke Takesta to also betray Kenny. And then Konosuke Takesta beat Kenny Omega twice in one week at All In and All Out, including that incredible matchup at All Out where Takesta beat Omega one-on-one. Omega was gone since then until returning at Rampage Grand Slam where he made the save for Chris Jericho, who has been in the line of fire of the Don Callis family, but after it looked like he was going to join the family, but Callis betrayed him, aligned himself with Will Ospreay, who beat Jericho at at All In, and then Don Callis manipulated and recruited Sammy Guevara, Chris Jericho's protege, to join his side, leading to Sammy turning on Jericho after losing to him at Grand Slam. You got the history between Koto Obushi and Osprey in this matchup, history between Osprey and Takeshita, especially after this past Wednesday, where we saw footage of Don Callis and Takeshita invading Koto Obushi's gym in Tokyo and beating him down, knocking him out with a kettlebell and choking him with a jacket. So, Don Callis family have personal vendettas with everybody in this matchup. This feels like the all-star trios matchup to end all all-star trios matchup and another match that should probably have a bar of five stars when you have Kenny Omega, Will Ospreay, Kanosuke Takeshita, Chris Jericho can always move up to whoever his competition is in the ring, and he's not going to be asked for much in this trios matchup. Sammy Guevara always shows out in these big matchups, and Kota Ibushi, 
I think that he needs to tap into the old Kota Ibushi and not the Ibushi we saw at All In. So what do you think about this matchup here and who do you think wins? I think Don Kelly's family has to win uh, after Sammy just turned, right? He lost the match before his turn. So I think you see Sammy maybe get his win on Jericho back or you see, um, you know, Takeshi to pin Ibushi maybe, something to that effect. Now the match... I agree with you. The ceiling on this is very high. This will probably be great, especially if it's placed kind of favorably. The match at Wembley was good, but didn't reach its ceiling because it kind of, I was a strange choice to be on second, honestly. Um, so this should be very good. I have some, the whole, the entire story has kind of got some issues for me and the Jericho Sammy part is like, I, I don't know if I need how much more of it, but <laughs> inside the ropes, I think it'll be great, and I, I think this will be a real crowd pleaser. And to your point, Sammy Guevara will probably steal the show here because he's great in these multi-man matches where you can just highlight his high spots, right? Like you can highlight his yeah. big hits. Uh, we've seen that a million times over. So I think you'll have a big night. Um, whether he's get, this is going to be the act that he finally becomes the guy they want him to be or not, we'll see. But I think he'll have a big night on Sunday. I think it'll be very good. I got Don, Cull Don Callis family. I am going to agree with you. I thought that putting Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega together for the first time on a team, I thought this was signaling for Don Callis family to finally have a, a crack in their armor. But I then thought about this. Omega has lost all his pay-per-view matches this year. And also Jericho has lost all his pay-per-view matches this year. Wow. And I think they are leading to them being in a position where they have to win to complete the year with at least one pay-per-view win at full gear when it's Jericho versus Guevara again and Takeshita versus Omega 2. I think that the Don Callis family gets the win, especially, like you said, I think that Sammy Guevara pinning Chris Jericho is yeah. the result to do here because that adds more heat and sets up the natural rematch at full gear. Yeah, which I hope... When they do that, I would like them to give that a stipulation of some kind, just yes. to give it a little more juice, you know? Like, the match of Rash was very kind of tame, I thought. And I get that was part of the story because they were still friends. But uh, I think you'd be well served to give them something that allows Sammy to kind of go nuts when you do, when you do the rematch. So we'll see. It'll be interesting. Yes, I'm interested in both of them. I think both of those matches, I think they're going to do both of those matches. And I think both of those matches need a stipulation. I think yeah. I think uh, Omega Takeshita, same thing, and Jericho and Sammy. But yeah. will Osprey and Omega is going to be in the ring together again? Yeah, so, I think I think it's I think I, I already am starting to think about end of year. And I think that Omega and Osprey have already sewn up match of the year and feud of the year. So I think yeah. the end of this matchup will just add to that. Yeah, I yeah, I think I, I tend to agree. It's uh Osprey's had a huge year. You know, I was looking at the, the Suji match on uh, last week and I was looking at like where it ranked on his year and I was kinda like, Well, I mean, <laughs> it's just like another match for him at this point. He kinda <laughs> is kind of absurd, honestly. But um yeah, it's that'll be a big reaction when they both tag in, Omega and Osprey, that'll get a huge reaction. So yeah. that'll be a cool moment on Sunday. No one's doing what what Osprey's doing. The fact that he yeah. had that Suji match a week after having the match in Kurgan Hall with Marafuji, which was phenomenal as well. Yeah. And then this month of October, he's got this matchup. Then he's going to uh, England for Zack Sabre Jr. at Royal Quest. And then he goes to Chicago for Speedball Mike Bailey at Impact Bound for Glory. That's all in one month, ladies and gentlemen. 
Are, are we Bound for Glory on a Sunday this year, or are they doing that thing where they go against other shows again? Uh, they I, used to... It's a Saturday. It's a Saturday. Okay. So it's going against Collision, but not that Collision. Guy. Yeah, because yeah, that thing they were doing for a while, they did the Friday night. I hated was, that. It was, yeah, it's was, it was dudes that cover it. I actually like to cover other promotions, but it's like, good lord, man, are you trying to kill me here? <laughs> it's a Friday night. I was like, I, you know, I do have to cover WWE and AEW, yeah. so you want to add that on top? Like, we couldn't put the and my, most of the times when they do Friday, it's on a free weekend. It's like you couldn't uh, do Saturday or Sunday. Yeah, Saturday's better at least. So good for them. Jesus. Good for them. Oh. <laughs> and uh, Adrian saying Billy the Goat uh, for Wrestler of the Year. I think this is the one of the more toss up Wrestler of the Year. It depends on what you're looking for in Wrestler of the Year. I tend to look at overall drawing power matches uh you know how you're positioning your company accolades i look at it all but some people will focus on one thing over the other right. and if you focus on in-ring work yeah it's easy will osprey rest of the year yeah i i think it's gonna be hard to i don't know who would be your i don't want to spoil anything but if you not, would you I, would you I got? can make my candidates known right now no, I, think it, no, I think it's osprey's in there mm -hmm. mjf Orange Cassidy, Gunta, uh, only because he's a drawing power, not because he's been here that often. Roman Reigns, he's kind of yeah. got to be in that in that talk. Like this, this is the most. I've, I, last year, it really came down to three guys. It was Osprey, Moxley, and Roman for like the last six months of the year. Pretty much, they were battling, and I would think each one was the wrestler of the year. This one, I could, I have five right now that I just said. I probably could keep going with like Okada. Yeah. And, and, and uh, you know, Kenny Omega, I think, is at a very underrated 2023. Yes. When you look at any time he's been in a singles match, if you average out his star ratings for singles matches, it's five stars. So, like, he has mm -hmm. to be in that conversation as well. Zack Sabre Jr. with the TV title, what he's done in New Japan for wrestling. Naito won the G1. Like, there is, like, you can have a conversation of 10 guys for wrestler of the year this year. Yeah, that's fair. I, I hadn't really considered it, and we're we're pretty close now. So that'll be yeah. a that'll be a conversation to follow here in a couple of months. I'm very bad at that. I I get around to thinking about that in February of the following year. I'm like, who did win that last year, folks? What <laughs> so um, that's interesting. Yeah, Dan Danielson. Yeah, that that would be in my ten. Yeah, that, I still had figures left. So yeah, Danielson's another one who could be in yeah. that conversation. The start of the year, Danielson was insane. <laughs> He had an un. It honestly like physically affected him. You could tell he wasn't the same afterwards for a while. So yeah, yeah I mean, he did all those singles matches. That has the greatest Iron Man match of all time, and that was just like okay, we 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 used up all that meter. We had a yeah. full green meter at the beginning of the year. And we used it up by <laughs> March. <laughs> he had his he had his hand on the sprint trigger. It was just just up and down. Yeah, man. Room three was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, he's had a great. He's had a lot of great matches this year for sure. And then, and then you can even go for past like, like, like Ted, like Armand saying Eddie yeah. Kingston. Eddie Kingston's had a great year. Yeah, you you could make an argument for Eddie. You can make an argument for Elio Del Vikingo as well. Mm -hmm. Like there is a lot. It's a. It's yeah. probably the deepest year as far as wrestler of the year candidates. But yeah, absolutely interesting. We shall see if Sunday will be a factor in it and someone else who I think, uh, like I said, it depends on what you value as far as wrestler of the year, someone who I think has an argument as well, just based on character alone, the TNT champion, Christian cage. 
He will defend his championship, his rightful and official championship now. Christian Cage, what are you talking about? I've been champion for a very long time. I just returned to <laughs> my title this past Saturday. Uh, Christian Cage will defend against Darby Allen in a best two out of three falls match in Darby's hometown of Seattle, Washington. This has been building up over the last couple of months ever since Christian Cage has targeted Darby Allen after Darby Allen won the Royal Rampage to get a shot at the TNT championship at all out Christian and Luchasaurus have targeted him as well as Nick Wayne with Christian feeling that someone with a dead father deserves a mentor like Christian cage. And he, that led to Christian distracting Darby and led to him losing to Luchasaurus at all out from there. The two men uh, also met in a in a singles matchup on collision with Darby getting the win. And then Darby also got the win over Christian at Rampage Grand Slam when him and Sting defeated Luchasaurus and Christian Cage, but he wasn't able to beat Christian when the title was on the line in a triple threat match as Christian took advantage of Darby hitting the coffin drop on Luchasaurus and stole the pin from him. And now it is all personal. Christian has invited Darby's family to be there. He wants Nick Wayne at ringside, but Darby says no, he won't have Nick Wayne at ringside. He doesn't need them. He doesn't need Nick Wayne. And he wants to see if Christian doesn't need Luchasaurus, which Christian Cage agreed. So everything is on the line this Sunday. Two out of three falls, TNT Championship. Who do you gets the win? And does someone debut either in during this matchup? or after this matchup? I do think there is a factor that may give Darby the edge on Sunday, folks. But uh, we'll have to cope with it. Well done. Um, <laughs> we had to cope with it! We were... <laughs> if we were in Chicago, my friends, were, we were plotting, like, what is the catchphrase? And one of us, one of us, it was not me, but I will not name them, but they, they, they said, it has to be, if you don't like it, you're just going to have to cope with it. And I... I Still, it still makes me laugh just the memory of that. But, um, man, this is my most anticipated match of the night. I can't wait for this match. I love their match on Collision. I love this entire program. It's nice to see AEW get some juice out of a dynamic like this rather than just doing a one and done. Um, been a lot of good TV out of this, both on the microphone and in the ring. Two out of three falls. I think this could be incredible. I think the finish genuinely is that there's a ref bump of some kind. Christian's about to do something nefarious. And then that memorable, familiar theme song plays and edge appears and take and, and costs Christian the match as a baby face, because I think what you do is I think he feuds with Christian and then that feud brings them together as a baby face team. There are many ways to book edge as a heel, but look, people just love edge so much. Yeah. I think you just got to let him be a baby face. So I think you do the feud and then they're a baby face team. <clears throat> um, I'm, I'm really excited, man. Like edge is so, I mean, edge thing's cool. But I just want to see these two just wrestle again. Their match on Collision was great. So super, super excited for this. I got Darby winning the belt, though. Yes. I. This is the type of matchup where it's like Eddie Kingston versus Claudio Castanoli in New York at Grand Slam. It either needs to open the show or it yeah. needs to close the show. And I feel like this is a great opener to have. It's going to be such pure wrestling because they focus on that with that promo, that sit-down interview. Can I just say it was yeah. terrific? It was just Absolutely. so great. 
Christian just playing his character, Darby bringing up the fire, bringing up the passion in his promo, wiping off the paint. I thought both guys did an excellent job. And like you said, this program has completely, everybody is raving about the program, is raving about Christian's character. Like I said, Christian has an argument for wrestler of the year just based on character work alone. Yeah. He's been the best character in wrestling, honestly, and that not named Roger Strong or Tony Storm. But uh, like Christian just <laughs> mentioning someone's dead dad, just going after the delusional TNT champion. He has just been on fire and doing the best character work amazingly of his near 30 year career. So that is insane to think about. But I agree with you with the direction. I think that Darby Allen gets the win. We got a new TNT champion in his hometown. You get the big pop, the big moment after the matchup. We get a classic Christian Cage meltdown. Like when he oh. was the baby and he melts down, he's finally lost the TNT championship. And then we hear on this day, mm-hmm. I see That's, clearly that works. Yeah, I like it. And Absolutely. Edge comes out. He tries to console him, but Christian doesn't want to hear anything of it. And I agree with you. It leads to a feud between the two, a match in Los Angeles at full gear that leads to them eventually being partners. It's like Cody and 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 Dustin. But I think it's Cody and Dustin, the heel version. I think they're both oh. going to be heels. And I think that we might even go to the point of maybe we get a Christian and MJF program or an Edge and MJF program. I could see them getting up into the main event scene. And I would love it because everybody's so high on Christian, apparently, backstage. If Christian was the main guy and Edge was his lackey, like a yes. reverse of 2001, where Edge Justice. is holding the King of the Ring trophy for Christian. <laughs> Absolutely. I will say, if they're going to do those feuds, MJF, he needs to get himself some good lifts, brother. <laughs> needs to get himself a little, you know, get some camera tricks. You need, you need to do some things because Edge is going to tower over some guys in AEW. Like, Christian already does, and that's strange because I don't think any of us have thought Christian's a big guy, but it happens. So, yeah, Same thing happened thing. when he went to TNA, remember? How he, yeah, like, he funny, looked next man. to AJ Styles? Yeah, it's like... It always pops me when he's next to Luchasaurus because Luchasaurus is the monster and he's like an inch. <laughs> he's so they're basically the same size. It's very, but you know that's wrestling. I love it. <laughs> I love it as well. Uh, we got Adrian who says I think Adam Copeland will be presented by Tony Schiavone like Jay Lethal and Swerve debuts. Nah, I'm I'm sorry. He has to be involved in something. Yeah. Something Christian wise. You gotta hit the music cold too, yeah. I think. You gotta just it's such an iconic theme. Like I think you just gotta hit boom and it'll pop, right? You have to do that, I think. But I, I remember both of those both of those debuts, but do I remember Sting's debut more? Yes, because they did exactly, that. Yeah, yeah I, I think he's the kind of talent you give the big the big one to, not like just the formal introduction. Um yeah. you know, do we do we assume it'll be Adam Copeland? Is that a I feel like I should give his name, right? He's just going to go with his... Because he's I, acting and stuff, so... I've been I've been on the... Uh, <laughs> rated The rated R superstar, Adam Cage. Uh-oh. They're brothers Uh-oh. again. <laughs> They're brothers again. <laughs> I, was like, I, was like, I mean, but I do agree with you because he does the acting in my... Yeah. At Adam the Edge Copeland. Yeah. Adam Cope is funnier. He should just do Adam Cope. His branch should be Cope in, all, in big layers. Cope with him. <laughs> yeah. 
next up, we got a singles program that I have just been so excited about since the first promo these two guys had. It's a grudge match. Swerve Strickland going one-on-one with Hangman Adam Page. It was following All Out and Hangman Adam Page winning the over-the-budget Battle Royal for charity to the Chicago Education Fund. Swerve Strickland interrupted his kind of speech afterwards on Dynamite and excused, accused uh, Hangman Adam Page as uh, kind of resting on his laurels and not, not improving himself and not being the old Hangman that was the AEW World champion and him wanting hangman's spot hangman has fought against that and been showing some fire over the last couple of weeks with victories over brian cage as well as him and the young bucks defeating mogul embassy to win the ring of honor six-man tag team titles at rampage grand slam but swerve is still in hangman's head and hangman describes the last year and a half as having a black cloud over him and that losing the aew world championship took something from him and despite all the good things beating moxley in the Texas death match, reuniting with his friends in the elite, winning those Ring of Honor six-man tag team titles. He still has that black cloud, but wrestling, he will wrestle that black cloud away against Swerve in Seattle. But Swerve warns him that this is Swerve's house. He is from the Seattle, Washington area, and it rains a lot in Seattle. I think these guys knocked the closing promo contract signing out the park set their characters up very beautifully for a big grudge match showdown on Sunday. Who do you got winning, Joe? I think Swerve has to win this match. I really do. I think it's a pivotal Swerve wins. He's he's done an awful lot of good this year from a performance point of view, but he hasn't got many big wins, right? This is a chance to give him one, um, especially because it suits the story anyway for Hangman to drop this one. So very excited for this. They've done a great job with the build. Um, both guys, I think they've told a compelling story. And this is an example of where the pay-per-view schedule, I think, helps because they've been able to really just get direct with this. What's the issue? When are they wrestling? That's all I need to know. You know, so they've done a great job with this. Swerve is, much like Ricky Starks, I think, closer than ever to being a real player, which is big time. So I think he gets the win here. And I don't think it's nearly done. I think this will go on for a a little bit longer, and and hopefully so. But uh, this has got show stealer potential, right? And... The atmosphere for this could be electric. I mean, it should be, honestly. This, this should have a great big fight feel. So I'm, I'm ready for this one for sure. I got Swerve. I also got Swerve getting the win, and I also agree this feels like the first chapter of a yeah. longer story. I feel like these guys will fight until full gear. And after the first promo, that's pretty much what I said. I think this is the prototypical AEW two-match series. The yeah. two-match series that sets up the third match to be bigger and probably for a title down the road but i think swerve wins here in his hometown of seattle washington and then hangman gets his win back at full gear and then i want swerve to be the aew world champion when you run this match back maybe a year from now i I love it man i mean especially if max is gonna max is gonna stay babyface which is kind of you know that's where we're trending right to say the least i think you're looking at on the heel side it's it's Jay White, it's Swerve, and for now, it's Ricky Starks. I think they're the guys to circle. So he's in the conversation, absolutely. 100% agree with you there. Uh, we got Negro Bucks saying a black cloud named Phil. Yeah, I was like, I was like, I was like, you ain't slick, hangman. I know what that black cloud's name is. 
It was a very good promo, though, I must say. It very was. good. I, I saw people getting like real, like having their feelings. I was like, that was a good wrestling promo, yeah. you know? Yeah. I was like, I was like, it's also been a year and a half since he lost the title. I was like, it can also be about Hangman's anxiety ridden yeah. character. Like, come on. What are we talking Absolutely. about? Absolutely. Uh, we got Vala B says, time for a, a hanger banger. That's what we're going to get on Sunday. So many of these matches seems like it's going to be like, Four stars. Yeah, four and a half. Great. Four, a great four and three quarters. Uh, five stars. <laughs> Jesus. And another one that has a bar for five stars is the main event, Joe. The dream match. Brian Danielson going one-on-one -on -one with New Japan Pro Wrestling World Television Champion Zack Sabre Jr. Brian Danielson made the speech following All Out that he was winding down his career thanks to a promise to his daughter that he told her he would finish his in-ring career when she turned seven and she is six years old now. So he says for the next year, he's going to be calling the big shots. And his first shot that he called was for Seattle, Washington in his home state of Washington, the main event of wrestle dream, Zach Sabre jr. The man he was scheduled to face at forbidden door one last year, we run that match finally a year and a half later at Wrestle Dream. This seems like the perfect environment. The atmosphere will be amazing in Washington. And Zack Sabre Jr. and Brian Danielson are the premier technical wrestlers of the past two decades. I don't think that we've ever seen such two critically acclaimed technical wrestlers in the ring together since the days of the Chris Benoit, Kurt Angle classics in WWE, since Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko had their classics in ECW. This seems like we're going to get something akin to that this Sunday in the main event. Who do you got winning, and what do you think about this match overall? Super, super excited. I mean, you you laid out perfectly there, man. This is special. Like, how many, you know, in fear of going to inside baseball on a wrestling podcast, how many straight technical wrestler awards have these two won? One of the other, like, it's like twenty. It's like the last fifteen years, it's one of them who's won it. So, um, you know what you're going to get here stylistically. I the thing that pops me with Brian is he's unhinged enough to wrestle a match purely to pop himself too which is even funnier yeah because there's a real chance that it's like a party atmosphere and dragons like well let's hit the mat and wrestle brother i mean <laughs> which is what people it's what i want to see anyway so super excited to see what they come up with um this is the quite literal definition of wrestle dream they couldn't have got any better with that that's exactly what this is so fired up i think brian wins it seems that they've bullied him into winning wrestling matches on this this latest run so that's a good sign and uh <laughs> So, so I assume he wins here and Zach doesn't lose it. I'm really happy for Zach because I thought it was kind of a bummer. He didn't make Wembley, to be honest. Like I was kind of, I expected him yeah. to get on that card. It didn't work out that way. Um, so big match for him. I'm intrigued as to what closes the show. I kind of think Edge debuting at the end of Christian Derby is, is my personal pick to main event, which I actually think might help this match in a weird way. You know, like, yeah. These, I think it will be fine regardless because they're so great, but this is probably better in the middle, I think, in a strange way. Um, but either way, it's going to be great, and I think Brian's going to get the win in, you know, a, a genuine dream match. It's a special match. Yeah, I think that I think that a lot of people would appreciate and, you know, kind of praise more the excellent main event of Forbidden Door with Brian Danielson and Kashiko Okada if it didn't follow 
yeah. the best match of the one of the two best matches of the year from the same people, Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay. Right. So I yeah. do agree with you. This match being maybe in the middle of the show might benefit more. And like I said, Christian and Darby could easily main event the show and no one would bat an eye, especially if you have Edge debut at the end afterwards. So, yeah. Yeah. I think either either way you're good, but I mean, if this main event, I think that it still could live up and oh, be a sure. match of the year. Absolutely. I mean, I think the Okada match, especially when I rewatched it, it was trending a certain way, and then the arm injury happened. Yes. And watching live, you could tell something was up, but you didn't realize how much it messed things up. Like, yeah, it changed their match entirely. So it will be. There's no place you can put this on the show where it won't be great. It's just a matter of how great is <laughs> genuinely what we're talking about here. They're just how special these guys are. Yeah. Uh, we got Nikki Boy says, Dragon wins this one. I feel like this will be uh, the first of a series. I mean, I wouldn't mind another match between them, but we only got a year, uh, Negro Buck. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we, we need some fresh matchups as well in this year. We can't have a series with somebody. I don't know about all that. Uh, Adrian saying, uh, Mariah May can debut after Chris Statlander versus Julia. I think that would be kind of the immediate thing to tell people what's next for the TBS title. And the TBS, if that happened and Mariah May's debuting and going after Chris Statlander TBS title, could uh, is, is it fair to say TBS title greater than AEW Women's World Championship? You, now? you probably said that now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think anyone would stop you. But I think you'll find us that now. But yeah, I mean, that would be, she's, I think she's going to be showing up pretty soon here, would be my guess. Um, purely a guess to be clear, but yeah, I think she's in play for sure. I agree. Uh, we got Chris who says, I still think Sky Blue is going to help Julia Hart win the championship against Chris Statlander and join the House of Black. That House would be... of Blue, brother. House of Blue. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we got uh, Christopher uh, Kidd who says TNT title can definitely main event this pay-per-view. Christian and Darby have earned that, especially since MJF is not defending the title. It would help the TNT title again to be in the main event too. Yes. Yeah, and the only thing you'd have to be concerned about is if it leaks the edges in the building, you could have one of those situations where people are just waiting for Edge to come out throughout the whole match. And that's unfortunately kind of what happened to Christian two years ago in Chicago where it wasn't leaked so much as everyone just knew what was going to happen at the end of the show. So it was like, can we get on with the part where Brian comes, <laughs> you know, <laughs> which was totally unfair. That match ruled by the way, but it did Christian yeah, and Kenny. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Really, both, both of their matches in AEW were great. But yeah. But I love both of the matches. So yeah, it's, that is a factor. That'll be the edge part of that is kind of, if it stays where it's at now, people will be hoping, but not expecting if things escalate reporting wise, that could affect the match. I hope not because I want to see them have a classic, you know? So we'll see. Same here. I agree with you 100%. And that is the end. All 10 matches for AEW Wrestle Dream. Put any final comments or thoughts or any final super chat donations in the live chat as we follow, we end things off here. We do have a super chat donation from the Negro Buck Nick Jackson. Thank you so much, good brother, who says about Brian Danielson versus Zack Sabre Jr. I'm about to study the shit out of this match too. Goats. I love it. I love it. Tremendous. Absolutely. Be- the right guys to study, brother. 
<laughs> yeah, it's like it's gotta be worthy of studying because these two guys are two of the best. And so is Joe Holbert at what we do here talking about professional wrestling, especially these AEW pay-per-views. So you know what we do always at the end of this, where I invite Joe back to join me up for full gear. Full gear. We just a few weeks away, five, mm-hmm. six weeks away. I hope Joe will be back with me then. But Joe, until then, let the people know where they can follow you and all the great stuff you're doing. Late Night Grin, Russell Pirates, let the folks know. Well, in the immediate future, I believe in around half an hour, I'll be over on Russell Pirates. I, I confirmed that booking in the time we were on the air. Uh, so I'll be on there talking about the news. Uh, I don't know what that entails. I think it's about Mariah May, actually, interestingly enough, and so on and so forth. So that's over at Russell Pirates. You can read my stuff at WrestlePurious.com. And if you go to latenightgrin.com, you can see the Outlaw Wrestling promotion that I run in which we do um, just horrific programming. You know how bad it is, brother. I mean, it's just it's terrible. So if you want to see that kind of thing, latenightgrin.com. Last night we were joined by John Alba, who's an actual professional, which was very embarrassing for the rest of us. But uh, the usual, the usual stuff, and I hope to be on for full gear. That should be a hell of a time. Absolutely. Always enjoy talking about the graps with Joel Holbert and check out all his great stuff as well. A uh, good question here by Cookie the Goat, who says, what do you guys think will be on the pre-show? Hmm. I could see something with something falling out from the, the kingdom best friends match on Saturday. You know, something yeah. in that lane I could see. Maybe I could another way the- for the kingdom. I can see them doing something like Claudio and Big Bill on the pre-show. Yep, yep. You could do Claudio and Cage, too, after the interaction yep. there. Something, you know, I, I don't think it'll be anything. Honestly, it wouldn't shock me if they moved. Uh, I think the Ricky Uta match, if they were going to move one, would probably be the match, right? I guess. Yeah. 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 But it, I think hopefully they don't add anything else to the main card, because I think they've got a pretty good balance right now. I think that's, that's about right. So, yeah, I'm not sure. Pre-show will be interesting. Yeah, I think, they, I think they have to, if they add matches to the pre-show, put another woman's matchup. So I can yeah. see them doing like a multi-woman match, like a Soraya, uh, Ruby Soho, and Athena versus like Willow, not Sky Blue because she's selling the injury. Uh, Willow, maybe Kara Hogan and somebody else. Yeah. Well, something with Athena is always good. So hopefully we get some, some Athena if nothing else. That's what, that's what I want. That's what I'm asking yeah. for. Yeah, and man. yes, Mar- Mariah May put out on uh, Twitter earlier today that uh, she's finishing up with stardom on Saturday, and then she's turning right around to catch a 6 a.m. flight, and they asked her, oh, back to the UK? She's like, maybe. So, oh. yeah. So, so it looks like she's teasing it. We shall see what goes down at Wrestle Dream. You can follow me on the Twitter machine at TrueHillSP3. Follow the gang, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at TrueHillHeat patreon.com forward slash trio he's the best way to support us three dollars a month gets you exclusive content as well as the true hill heat prediction championship we'll have predictions for this weekend with no mercy and wrestle dream so stay tuned for that and right now we got our interview with matt cardona and willow nightingale over available at patreon.com forward slash trio he you get early access before he gets over here on the channel but check out all the great stuff we got on the channel right now like ae ramble episode one 13 from yesterday with myself and Jimmy Macaram breaking down all the action from AEW Dynamite with the MJF Jay White promo. We asked the question, who is the devil? 
Who is the devil? Who is behind the devil mask? We talked all about it. So much fun, as always, with me and Jimmy. So check that out right now. Subscribe and always stay tuned for that every Thursday, 105 p.m. Eastern Time. We also got our NXT No Mercy 2023 preview that is up right now with myself and Robert D. Felice of Fightful. That was a lot of fun. So check that out right now before this Saturday's show. I was with Caden for a rated raw review earlier this week as well. So you could check that out right now, breaking down this week's Monday Night Raw. And then early, later today, we got the first edition of In the Stars with me and Jimmy Macaram breaking down all of Dave Meltzer's star ratings from AEW All In and AEW All Out and WWE Payback, as well as giving our star ratings as well. And if you know Jimmy Macaram, he ripped Dave Meltzer's star ratings ratings apart so check that out drops later today but for joe hobert it is me it is me your true hill phenom sp3 this has been ae or aew wrestle dream preview we are signing off until next time